Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, at all of our locations, if you'll take out your copy of God's Word and turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. By the way, I don't know if you were aware of this, but we are on television um, so, so you may be on television today uh, or this week in Jamaica. Did you know that? Did you know that? In fact, I got my, I'm wearing my Jamaica swag right here. And I know what, I, I see several people are like, I'm called to plant CFA Jamaica. Is there anybody that would respond to that altar? I see those hands right there. Hey, Concord, y'all shout out to Jamaica and tell them that we love them out there. And excited to have you guys. We've been, we've been talking about Vintage Faith. Vintage Faith is our, our new series. I have found in my life that my definition of vintage changes throughout the decades. Have you found that? Have you found yourself ever listening to the radio and they will describe a certain song as a vintage song? And you're like, oh, okay, I just thought it was a song. I didn't know that my, my era is now vintage. Children of the 80s, children of the 90s. Yeah, I'm, ta- I'm talking to you, I'm preaching to you. You're vintage now. Like uh, some, some of you ladies are like mom jeans. What are mom jeans? I thought they were just jeans. Like I didn't know, like vintage clothing. I've been like, somebody tells you, oh, that's awesome. That's back in style. You're like, yeah, it's back in style. Yeah, it's like never left my closet, but whatever, whatever works, you know, vintage, it changes. And, and my assignment, what I feel like my assignment from the Lord is through this series is to uh, connect the heart of the generations. You know, the Bible talks about in the New Testament that one of the anointings that is upon John the Baptist was the same anointing that was upon Elijah. And, and Elijah was to turn the hearts of the mothers and the fathers towards the hearts of the sons and the daughters and the sons and the daughters towards the hearts of the mothers and the fathers. And that's why the enemy will always use whatever he can to cause generational rifts or generational gaps or generational friction. But where the spirit of the Lord is there is a unity among the generations that doesn't mean we'll all like the same stuff but as a younger generation that's a little bit of my emphasis on this series is just uh, this this encouragement to the younger generation or to the emerging generation that in our affinity for vintage things vintage antiques or clothing or music or whatever it is let's not reach back to a generation and grab their stuff but miss their spirit and miss their story. There is a reason they call the World War II generation the greatest generation. There's a reason for that. And much of it had to do with the characteristics and the character that they got from Scripture and the Word of God. So we're reaching back and we're grabbing hold of those things, things like, things like courage. Uh, we talked about last, that last week, living a life of courage off of Hannah. And this week, I'm going to talk about living a life of honor. And have you, have you found that with these kind of these things that uh, we want in our lives, right? Like, I want to be a person of courage, and I want to be a person of honor. Those don't happen by accident, right? Like, so it's not like, man, I was accidentally courageous this week. Or, or somebody was treating me like trash, and I just, man, I accidentally honored them. 
Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen. Our tendency is to reciprocate the emotion or the conversation that comes at us. And so we got to be intentional about choosing courage. We got to be intentional about choosing honor. I want you to say that today. I want you to say, I choose honor. Ready? Here we go. I choose honor. So Naaman, Naaman is a commander of an army. Here's what I know about commanders of, an, uh, of armies and military commanders. I don't care what decade or century this is in. I don't care if this is first century AD or a couple of millennia before Jesus was even born, that you don't rise to prominence in the military with a spirit of dishonor. Right? Military people, can you, can you nod at me? Can you say, say an amen to that? Like, there is a spirit which you need to have a spirit of honor that allows you to advance in your career. And so the Bible describes Naaman as a very successful commanding officer in the military. And that's how I know that Naaman was already in his life a person of honor. And yet, we're going to dive in and see in this story that some of that honor was, was, well, was challenged in his life. So let's start reading. 2 Kings chapter 5 says this, the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he also suffered from leprosy. Mighty warrior suffered from leprosy. Have you found sometimes that you can have great victory in one area of your life and also great suffering in another? Have you found that sometimes seasons are mixed? Seasons are mixed. Come on, every, every good Carolina person knows about mixed seasons because you can wake up and it's winter and go to bed and it's summer. And I'm thankful for those three days of spring that we had this year. But a lot of times it's like, what, what season? What se do I carry an umbrella or a sweater or am I wearing shorts? Like, what season am I in? And I think there's a lot of significance spiritually to seasons that we walk through. I really do. I just don't think they're nearly as well done find as we would like to have people believe. Like, Pastor, I'm walking through a, a season of peace or a season of frustration. You know, like you ask me, Pastor, how was your week? I don't know. What day? <laughs> I don't know, Pastor, Thursday. I don't, I, don't grill me. I was just asking how your week was. Pastor, how was your Thursday? I don't know. What time of the day? I could tell you this Thursday, I could tell you two stories, both of which are absolutely true. I could tell you a story about some meetings that I had that were God meetings, that were miraculous meetings, that God is opening up doors and atmospheres and in spiritual places that I did not anticipate. I could also, I could tell you that story. I could also tell you the story about there are some areas where I am battling against the very gates of hell coming against. How many of you are with me that you can have, you can be walking through some time in your life where you're walking through some great joy, like, like your marriage is good, but you're battling in finances. Like the kids are behaving, but you're struggling at work. And here's what I know about life is that sometimes spiritually, you have to learn how to navigate between seasons and days and same hour and say same, same conversation, say same conversation. That same conversation can bring you great joy and great frustration. That same relationship can bring you great joy and great frustration. And here's what I know about honor. We receive in our lives the thing that we honor. 
So we experience the result of which side of that am I going to give honor to? Uh, pastor Russell Evans, who's the pastor of Planet Shakers Church in Australia. Um, you may be familiar with some of their, their worship music, but an amazing pastor. And uh, he wrote a book called The Honor Key, and he says this. He says, I dare you to discover the power of the kingdom of God that can come into your life through the principle of honor. When you do, it will release an inheritance. A generational blessing will come out of your life that will affect not only your life, but the lives of those around you for years to come. That is, that's prophetic. Like the, like the spirit of God is on that. Do you see that inheritance blessing God wants to release? He wants to release the miraculous in and through you, but honor, this key of honor. See what honor means, honor, the definition of honor is to esteem at the highest level. To esteem at the highest level. The Hebrew word for honor is kavod. It's the same word that we translate glory, but it literally means weight. And it came out of their monetary system. Honor was a word for, for for money. It was a word. And so think of it. They didn't have uh, Apple Pay. They didn't even have paper currency. They had, they had metal coins. And the value of the coin was determined by the weight of the coin. So the more weight in the coin, the more value that was there. It's the same in our spiritual lives. The more weight, the more value we put onto the God things in our lives, into the God relationships, the more we honor people, even when they uh, behave in such a way that we may not deem as worthy of honor. When we respond, when you respond with honor, when somebody treats you with dishonor, you are opening up spiritual portals in your life. And if we get this, if we grasp this, that when we respond with honor, we open doors for the miraculous and for blessing in our lives. And so we want to add weight to the right things. Here we go. Second Kings, uh, uh, as, we, as we continue to do this. But Naaman was a, a mighty warrior and he suffer, suffered Leprosy. Mighty warrior Andy suffered from leprosy. Can you imagine how maybe the enemy was working over Naaman in this situation? Like saying things to him, whispering to him, hey Naaman, hey Naaman, I don't know if you know this, but mighty warriors, mighty warriors don't have leprosy. Hey Naaman, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my, uh, uh, men of men of God don't have leprosy. If you were if you had greater faith, you wouldn't have leprosy. Oh, and hey, by the way, Naaman, once your troops hear about this, they're not going to respect you. They're not going to follow you. Like like if you're in a position of leadership, do you recognize these voices? Hey, when somebody finds out about your flaw, they're not going to follow you anymore. Hey, when when somebody when somebody finds out that you're a person of suffering, that's going to negate the leadership in your life. I'm, I'm uh, I read a book. It's a it's it's pretty interesting. It's a, the, uh, the premise of it is, is pretty interesting. It's called First Rate Madness. I'm not necessarily re recommending the book. The book's not all that great, but the, the premise is, is kind of interesting. This guy argues, and I think pretty convincingly so, that historically, many times across the world, that the greatest leaders during times of, watch this, because here's the nuance, during times of great turmoil, so not necessarily during times of peace or necessarily during times of prosperity, but the greatest leaders during times of turmoil were leaders who uh, suffered deeply with mental illness. 
And, and he goes back and he, he tells the story of Winston Churchill. I, I think he argues very convincingly. I mean, from testimonies of Churchill himself, T Churchill uh, went through several deep uh, bouts of depression. Martin Luther King Jr. and all that the Lord used him to accomplish and, and his prophetic voice and the, the greatness of his leadership struggled many times with with depression, and, and, and here's what I know about the enemy. The enemy will try to use the area in your life where you are suffering to make you feel like you're disqualified from leadership, and I just want to remind somebody that your leprosy, your leprosy, whatever you're suffering from today does not discount the fact that you are a mighty warrior. You are the king's kid. You are, you are who God says you are. And then here's what, here's what we have to understand. So let me talk a little bit to the younger generation here and give you some things about honor that we've got to learn to honor. So if you were a soldier under Naaman's leadership, what would you have to learn? You would have to learn to honor leadership despite flaws. We gotta to learn to honor our leadership despite their flaws. One of the amazing privileges that we have at CFA Church is to, to pour into this group of Southeastern University students as they enter into uh, being trained for ministry and business and graphic design and education and all these different areas in their lives. But as 18 year olds, many of them have seen leadership and ministry from a distance and now they're being taken into meetings and behind the scenes and we gotta teach them that when you walk behind the scenes, sometimes you see leaders that, well, I'm just going to say it. Y'all, Pastor John has bad days sometimes, and sometimes he's grumpy. And, and actually, that's not true at all. Like, Pastor John is a, he is a raving seven and joyful all the time. But I'm not. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to walk into a meeting, and Pastor Doug's not all that happy. And, and so what I teach these, what I got to teach these Southeastern students is that when you see the flaws in your leadership, you can have one of two reactions. You can either become disillusioned, or you be, can become exceedingly grateful that God uses flawed people. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm not making, hear me, I am not making excuses for sloppy living or a lack of character in leaders. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that Moses stutters. I, I'm just saying that, that sometimes Daniel has fear. I'm saying that sometimes Peter has a big mouth and says things that he shouldn't. And if you can't handle following leaders that have flaws, then, not, then, then you're never going to advance in leadership. Because God will stop opening doors for you and bringing into situations where you see leaders with flaws because you can't handle it. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to start to bounce. You're going to start to bounce. You're going to bounce from job to job because as soon as you see something in your boss that you don't like, then you're going to bounce to another job. And here's what happens is that you're going to bounce from church to church because as soon as you see something in your spiritual leadership and you'll become disappointed in your spiritual leadership. That's why I try to disappoint you as much as possible because I'm teaching you. I'm, I'm walking. See, I have not, I have not yet begun to disappoint you. I will disappoint you in ways you haven't even thought of yet. And you're welcome because I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you in this moment that you're following flawed leadership, but you're following leaders that at least in our flaws, we know how to pray and we know how to call out to God and say, God, be glorified in my flaws. 
You are a mighty warrior. God puts you in that leadership position. And don't let the fact that you're, le- that you're walking through leprosy negate that we all got leprosy. We all got leprosy. We all got something in our lives that is eating away. Leprosy was kind of a flesh-eating skin disease that ate away at your flesh. We all are walking with something that's trying to eat away at something. It's trying to eat away at your courage. It's trying to eat away at your character. It's trying to eat away at your anointing. It's trying to eat away at your family. It's trying. We all have leprosy. We're all walking through this, and we have to learn to honor leadership despite flaws. We have to learn to honor the things in society that society tells us are insignificant. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel. Among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. And one day day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria and he would heal him of his leprosy. See, Naaman as a commanding officer was taught honor, but he was taught honor in a specific direction. And you always honor in the military, you honor up. You honor up. And yet the Lord used a voice in Naaman's life that was a female, that was a young female, and that was a slave. In that culture, strike one, strike two, strike three. You don't take advice from people. And so what? It, watch this, watch this. Sometimes in our lives, what if we're missing the voice of God because, because it doesn't come with the societal clout that we think it should come from? What if God is trying to speak to you through a voice in your life that the rest of society would try to marginalize? What if he's raising up a prophetic voice in a child? What if he's trying to use a junior hire? What if he's trying to use mom? What if he's trying to use your five-year-old to teach you something? Dad, what if he's trying to use the disobedient season that your nine-year-old is walking through? And I'm sorry for the season, but I'm not sorry for the lesson. What if God's trying to use that to, to teach you something? And here's what we got to be careful of as Christians and as, as people in ministry sometimes is that we feel like we're the ones that are called to ride in on the white horse and fix everybody else's problems? What if the people that need fixed are us? And what if the reason that you're in ministry is not so that you can just fix somebody else, but that God can use something broken and insignificant to speak prophetically into your life and in your situation? And if we ever reach the point in our lives where we become spiritual elitists and close our ears to anybody else's voice, we may miss a miracle because God will speak to you through whatever vehicle he wants to speak to you through. We've got to learn to honor these type of things. So Naaman told the king, verse 4, what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him, and I will send a letter of introduction to you to take to the king of Israel. And so Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver. Pastor Steve, how'd you like if somebody, every counseling appointment, Pastor Steve, here's 750 pounds of silver. And 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothing. That's not a bad counseling appointment right there. The letter said to the king of Israel, with this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God? that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. So you have the leadership of the king 
Now I want you to look at the leadership of the prophet. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel because there is a difference between having a title of leadership and having a mantle of leadership. And I believe that there are way too many people out there that are seeking a title. I want you to call me something. I want you to honor me and respect me. I want this office. I want this. And, and what there is a difference is you might have just because you have a title doesn't mean that you carry a mantle. But there are people that are walking around and people in this room that you may not carry the title, but you have a mantle. But watch this now. Before you get all cocky about your mantle, your mantle gets removed when you step out from under the leadership of the person with the title. I got a prophetic mantle, but I'm not going to submit to my pastor. Hello, that mantle just fell off. I got a mantle of, of being an entrepreneur, and I, I got a mantle of ideas, but you don't know how to submit to your boss? Hello? God can take that. God can, God can grab a hold of that little mantle scarf and take it off of you just as soon. The mantle in your life depends on, watch this, in many times, the mantle of God and the anointing that you carry in your life depends on you submitting to leadership that is over you that you don't agree with. And it's how you learn to walk out in those situations. It's how you learn to obey and respect the king, but still walk with your mantle under that. And there is a difference in our lives of who we turn to. So sometimes we want to turn to who's got the answer? Who's got the answer? Well, well, we got another election in a year and a half. That'll, that'll give us the answer. We got another, oh, y'all don't want me to preach that? Okay, I'll preach it more. Okay, well, we got, we got, I know, I know this can, more money will solve my problem. That'll, I'll turn to somebody with a title. I'll turn to somebody with a title. I'll turn to somebody with a title. And I'm telling you that it has always been among the people of God when they turn, when the people of God turn to somebody with a title in their lives to fix the problem in their lives, they're always disappointed. But in the day and age where there are problems and situations, situations and all of this stuff, God will always raise up a prophetic voice, a prophetic, a mantle, a mantle among his people. And he will always raise up a generation of leaders that says, I don't need accolades. I don't need you to acknowledge me. But as I submit to leadership, I'm going to walk out the prophetic mantle on my life. There's a vast difference between that. And then we need to honor, watch this, we need to honor the moments of crazy, what I call crazy obedience. Because there's obedience and then there's crazy obedience. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought. Say I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem right there. <laughs> I thought. He would certainly come out. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I thought I would have a face-to-face -face meeting with the CEO. I thought he would have me over to his house for coffee and, and tea. I thought, see, if you need, if you need to be buddy-buddy with leaders, then that proves that you're not a leader. I look, I'm not trying to get you saved. I'm just trying to get you a raise. <laughs> 
Some of you don't understand that you need to execute leadership without being best friends with your leader. Do you know? No, no, really. Like, like I get relational leadership. I, 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 I wouldn't want to work in a setting where I wasn't working with people that I enjoyed working with. But if you are dependent upon your leader constantly giving you accolades and constantly feeding you information, then you're not going to understand that sometimes you have to just walk out the thing that God has called you to and watch this. You've got to be okay with the, this is a word for somebody, you've got to be okay with being under the covering of leadership without being a buddy with leadership. Because it's an, it's an go ahead, go ahead, y'all can clap for that. Because now watch this, I thought, and then it doesn't get any better. I expected. I expected. I, ex I expected my leader to do this. I expected this ministry to do this. And we will always get ourselves in trouble when we expect people to do things that only Jesus can do for us. And I'm thankful that God uses people. But just because God uses people doesn't mean that my dependence should be on those people. And when we, and when we are able to submit ourselves under the covering of leadership and to realize that some of the blessings in your life are because you're submitting to leadership, that you're honoring leadership and you just, you just walk, walk that out. But Naaman, Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought, I expected... Verse 12, aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Farpar, aren't they better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and he went away in a rage. Now to understand why Naaman was so upset and why he walked away in a rage, you got you to gotta understand something about these rivers. See, the, the Abana, the Abana, that's a, great, that's a great river. The Abana starts out as a clear river and it runs into the city of Damascus. And, and, and this is in a very hot and arid uh, climate. So you want not only clear, nice clear water, because clear water you, a, a lot of times meant that there wasn't disease in it. And so they could, could use it for drinking and that sort of thing. But not only that, but uh, there's a spring, there's a cool spring that runs into it. And so, so this water was refreshing. And then, and then man, you got the far par. And that looks like the picture that all your friends, they went on vacation to the Farpar River just in the last two weeks, and they're posting all their pictures of, uh, and this, these are the rivers. Anybody else like me, like when I pray, hey, God, send me to a river. I'm talking about like when I sing songs about the river, God sets my feet a dancing, or like, God, send your river. I got these rivers in mind. That's what I got in mind. Like, God, I'll volunteer. God, I'll, I'll, I'll pray uh, God, God, just use me in any situation. I'm a worship leader. God, just, just use your servant in any situation. God, I'll, I'll lead worship for anybody, including God, if you want to use me to humble all the people at Hillsong. And for, and for the worship song that you release through me to top the charts, like God, I'm willing to God, if, God, I'm willing, God, I'm willing to step into this raise and into this promotion. God, I'm willing, God, I'm willing to get a full ride scholarship to the college of my dreams. Have you ever prayed for these rivers and got that river? Oh, don't look at your spouse like that. That's not a good. That is not going to go well for you after this message. God ever, God ever answer your prayers with the Jordan? 
God ever answer your prayer? This river is dirty. This river is muddy. This river is not attractive. Do you know that God will have the audacity sometimes to call you to things that aren't attractive? He'll have the audacity to call you into situations that are a little bit muddy, that are a little bit unclear, that are a little bit uh, hard to walk through. But here's what I know. Sometimes your miracle is in the mud. Sometimes your miracle's in the mess. So before you pray to get out of the Jordan, you better stop and say, God, maybe the miracle is the very job. Maybe the miracle is in the middle of the very job that I've been asking you to take me out of. God, maybe the miracle is in the middle of the relationship that I've been trying to tear myself away from. What if God has something in the middle of the Jordan for you? And maybe what if, not only that, maybe he's going to ask you to dip seven times in the Jordan. And somebody here is mad at God because you dipped once in the Jordan, but he told you to dip seven times. So just because your answer to prayer didn't come on the first day or the, or the second day or the third day, and don't you walk away from that situation until the Spirit of God releases you from that situation, until, until it lines up with the Word of God and multiple voices in your life. See, let me, let, me go back, let me go back to this real quick. Some of us are asking advice of the wrong people. We're looking for the King to answer our problems instead of prophetic voices of God. And when you're walking through a difficult situation, don't you go asking 28 different people their opinion. You're not looking for their opinion. You're looking for confirmation. You're looking for for the one person in your life you've already made up your mind. It's probably the wrong decision, but you're looking for one person to confirm what you already decided. Cut your circle of friends down to two people who will speak truth in your life and who will speak the word of God, and you go to them, and you truly ask their advice and not their opinion. Here's what happens. We say things like, I mean, we don't say it, say it, but we Mean it. We, we say I'll obey, but kind of in parentheses, I'll, I'll obey if. I'll obey if it makes sense. I'll obey if I look dignified. I'll obey if. Here's the, here's the thing is that obedience is, <laughs> obedience is knowing this sounds crazy and doing it anyways. However, um, stupidity <laughs> is the same. <laughs> And that's why serving God is hard. Like this, this sounds crazy and doing it anyways will get you a miracle or it'll get you a ticket to the emergency room. <laughs> Pastor, how do you know which is which? Yeah, that's the hard part, right? I don't know because I've done both. I've done crazy miracle. I've done crazy stupid. And sometimes you just got to like you got to. You got to take one foot and step into the river and test this thing out. And like I said, find those voices around you. Does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with who are the, the one or two or three close spiritual mentors that I brought into my inner circle? And you've got to just, you've got to lean into these, you got to lean into these moments. Two, uh, two Fridays ago, not this last Friday, but the Friday before that was Camden and I's 16th wedding anniversary. And so we were, we were celebrating that, yep. 
two responses in the house. Those of you who have been married 10 years and under, you were cheering us on. Uh, there were people that were married 40 years rolling their eyes saying, that ain't nothing, Pastor. You can't, like, impress, come back in 20 years, then, then I'll be impressed. But, but we were excited because um, we had 16 years and we were celebrating and we went to Uptown Charlotte and they were having a festival in Uptown Charlotte and they were, there was this part that had these, I don't know what they were, I don't know what you call them, except they were grown-up seesaws. That's what I called them. Like these just big, now that's not a picture of them. That's more of a picture of like tetanus seesaw uh, there. But, but like in Uptown Charlotte, it was huge seesaws. And we were sitting at a coffee shop and getting ready to walk towards them and these big inflatable rabbits and different things like that. And uh, we're sitting in the coffee shop, it was pouring down rain, pulled out our weather app. The weather app said in 15 minutes, the rain will pass. What that meant is in 15 minutes, it will rain harder than you've ever seen it rain in your life and so we were going through uptown charlotte and a big umbrella and just walking and we were we were having a blast but because of that uh all the rain the seesaws the seesaws weren't open now this is going to be bad grammar but stay with me because i, I, I want to walk you through something have you ever have you ever saw things in the bible that you wish were in your life. Like when I read my Bible, I, I saw that when Joshua faced an obstacle and he marched around and shouted, the walls came down. I saw in my Bible how Moses was facing insurmountable obstacles in the Red Sea open. I saw in my Bible how uh, Daniel was thrown into the den of lions and the, the lion's mouths were shut. I saw in my Bible how Peter walked on top of water. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I saw things in my Bible that I don't always see in my current situation. Are you with me? Do you see where I'm headed? Sometimes I, sometimes I saw the walls fall down and I see the walls staring at me. So, sometimes I saw the river open and, and I see I don't even know where to go. I don't know how to make this decision. I, I saw Naaman and he got healed, but I see the same doctor's report staring me at the face, in the face, even though I've done everything that the doctor told me to do and I've been coming down for prayer every single week. I don't see it like I saw it, but I don't see it. I don't know all there is to know about the physics of a seesaw, but I think I, I think I gathered most of it from when I was in second grade. Here's what I know about a seesaw is that whoever wins the seesaw battle, it's determined, it's determined by weight. Hey, y'all remember what honor means? Remember what honor means? It means that you're giving weight to something. And so if I'm in second grade or if I'm in third grade or if I'm in fourth grade and I've had, I hadn't hit my growth spurt yet and, and, and I, need to, I need to get that seesaw on my side, here's what I know. I got to round up some people. I got to round up some more weight. Here's what I know in your life is that you're facing two things. You're facing the temptation to gossip or to complain or to retaliate or to operate in revenge on the other side of the seesaw is victory and there's faith and there's the miracle and there's the promises of God and sometimes in your life you will experience the reality that you honor 
that you honor. And so in the middle of sickness, Jesus, I honor you as my healer. In the middle of people talking trash about me, Jesus, I honor you as my defender. In the middle of hell coming against me, Jesus, I honor you as my victor. Come on, does somebody have the spirit of honor within them that they will take and begin to honor what the Lord wants to do in your life? Got to honor. Got to honor. Here's the final thing. Give me two more minutes. Then we got to honor the the it's too easy moments. So this is how the story ends. But Naaman's officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured. I told you that we're all lepers. We are. And the disease of leprosy is called sin. And here's what sin does. Sin eats away at everything good in your life. Sin will eat away at your calling. It'll eat away at your marriage. It'll eat away at your joy. It will eat away at your peace. It will eat away at your confidence. The disease of sin is a flesh and soul eating disease that will cause you to waste away. And sometimes the reason, watch this, the reason that Naaman almost missed his miracle is not because it was too hard. It's because it was like, man, this is too easy. I just got to wash in the water. I got to be washed in the water. Sometimes the people, the reason people miss their salvation is not because it's too hard, but it seems too easy. It seems too good to be true. Really? Really, pastor? There's a, there's a God who loves me and he sent his only son and his name was Jesus and he died on the cross and he was resurrected on the third day and he's at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for me and he loves me despite, despite my past and despite my failures and despite all my junk and all I have to do is say yes to him. That seems too easy, pastor. I'll choose the difficulty of walking with my guilt and maybe if I just feel guilty for another week then maybe I'll earn God's love and maybe if I try to fix all the mistakes in my past, then I'll be worthy to earn God's love. And what God is saying to you today is that, yes, it's that easy. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed across every location, you're here today and you would say, Pastor, that's me. Leprosy of sin is eating away at my soul and I need to yield that to the love of Jesus and invite him into my heart. I need to make him Lord and Savior. If that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to count to three as a point of contact. Don't hesitate. Today's your day. Today is your day to be healed of the disease of sin and say yes to Jesus. One, two, three. If that's you, I want you to shoot up your hand and put it right back down at every location online. Church family, can we pray this prayer together? Just say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I come to the cross and I ask you to forgive me. I ask that you come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Jesus, help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord honor today. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. 
For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.